learn from experience from the best. Do you know what I mean? So like I started like looking at more of the other athletes, like not CrossFit athletes, but like Michael Phelps. Like I read the Ritz Froning book before the games. Like just seeing that other amazing athletes are also human beings. You you often forget that. Like before I came here and before I met Ritz, he was just uh he was my idol. <laughs> Like, a guy that can win the games four times, like, that mental toughness is just unreal. And seeing how he approaches things, like, reading his book is so awesome because now I've met everybody that are in the book. Like, he told me, like, or he says in the book, like, CrossFit is just hard work. Like, you just have to work. And my dad is a hard worker, so I like to work hard too. So I was like, ah, I can relate to that. This is episode number 63 with Sarah Sigmund's daughter. Hello to all of my Pursuing Health listeners. I have something important to talk to you about this week. I can't believe it, but the podcast has now been running every other week for two full years, and I can't thank you all enough for your enthusiasm, your feedback, and your support along the way. We have some big plans for the future, and I can't wait to share them with you as our community continues to grow. Right now, we're at a bit of a transition point. As you probably know, this month I'm starting residency, which means my time has become even more limited and much less flexible. I've greatly appreciated the help of Beyond the Whiteboard in producing the podcast for the past two years, but the time has come for me to consider bringing on an additional sponsor or two in order to keep delivering great content on a consistent basis and also to prevent myself from becoming absolutely crazy and sleep deprived this year. I can make a few promises to you upfront about this. The only sponsors that I'll bring on the podcast will be products or services that I use myself and that have brought some incredible value to my own life. I'll be able to tell you about my personal experience with them and how they might help you too. I also will bring on sponsors that are willing to give you, as a listener of Pursuing Health, some extra value that you would not find elsewhere. For example, in the form of a discount code or a special offer. I also will not interrupt the content of the episode in order to tell you about a sponsor. That content will always say at the beginning or at the end. So I hope you understand this small change and that Pursuing Health sponsors will add some value to your own life. If you're not interested, no worries. Just fast forward through the first few minutes of the episode. Thanks again for listening and for your ongoing support. And with that, let's get started by hearing a little bit about my first sponsor, MobilityWad. This episode is brought to you by MobilityWad. Do you struggle to get into good positions in your training and workouts? Are your movement compensations causing you undue pain and grief? MWAD's belief is that every human being should be able to perform basic maintenance on themselves. For nearly 10 years, Mobility WAD has been the go-to for the world's best athletes and teams. Do you know what hundreds of Olympic and world-class athletes, professional teams in the NFL, MLB, basketball, hockey, rugby, and soccer, and dozens of universities all have in common? They use Mobility WAD to train and compete at their best. I first took Dr. Kelly Surratt's movement and mobility course in 2013, and since then have read his books and followed his videos for ideas on how to address my own movement restrictions. But sometimes having all this information can become overwhelming, which is why I think the real genius is in the MWOD subscription. 
As part of this subscription, you have access to not only hundreds of hours of video content that can be filtered based on your specific questions, but also a daily 10-minute Mobility Wad video. You just log in and follow Kelly's instructions as if he is there coaching you in person for 10 minutes per day. You may pick up certain exercises that you wish to incorporate on a regular basis before or after your workouts. But at the very least, by following this daily program, you know you are addressing a wide range of movement patterns and body parts on a regular basis without having to think about it. I often do these sessions first thing in the morning or before bed as a way to wind down from the day. In addition, you have access to an on-ramp sequence and a 14-day mobility challenge that helps you understand the basics and identify the areas you personally need to focus on. You can lean on the MWOD community and discussion boards to learn from others who have been through similar situations or injuries. And if you need more personalized help, you can use the MWOD list to find a like-minded practitioner in your area. It's easy to become part of the Mobility Wad community, but for being a Pursuing Health listener, you can receive 20% off an annual membership with code Julie Fouché. That's J-U-L-I-E-F-O-U-C-H-E-R. Just visit www.mobilitywad.com. Full potential, full power. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. This year's CrossFit Games are now right around the corner, and this week we have two brand new episodes for you with two women who are both gunning for podium finishes in Madison. The episode you're listening to now, number 63, features two-time third fittest woman on earth, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, and episode number 64 features a newcomer, CrossFit Games teen Haley Adams, who finished second last year in the 14 to 15 age division and is looking for a top finish this year in the 16 to 17 year old division. A little bit about Sarah before we get started. She's 24 years old, and as you probably know, she's from Iceland. Unlike most top CrossFit Games athletes, Sarah had a strong passion for music and art growing up and had very little competitive athletic background. However, in 2012, she found her way from boot camp training to CrossFit, and it wasn't long before she made her competitive debut in 2013. After a couple of years, Sarah climbed to the top of the podium at the Meridian Regional in 2015 and 2016. And she has also finished in third place at the Reebok CrossFit Games for the past two years. Headed into this 2017 game season, she's won both the overall CrossFit Games Open as well as the Central Regional titles. We caught up recently at CrossFit Mayhem, which she's been living and training this season for the 2017 CrossFit Games. There we discussed everything from her childhood and how she got into CrossFit to her experience at the 2015 and 2016 Games and her decision to leave her home country of Iceland to live and train at CrossFit Mayhem this year. A few quick reminders before we get started. First, if you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and consider giving it a rating. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share. So if you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com and I'll select some to share here on future episodes. To check out my online training programs through Beyond the Whiteboard, visit beyondthewhiteboard.com forward slash juliefouché. 
Finally, please remember that although I'm now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, let's get started here with episode number 63 of Pursuing Health featuring Sarah Sigmund's daughter. So welcome to Pursuing Health. I am here with Sarah Sigmund's daughter. So thank you for taking the time to sit down and chat. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're here at CrossFit Mayhem, which is your new home for the time being. Yes, yes. and I want to get into that later because I know you've had some big changes and transitions in your training this year, but mm-hmm. I thought maybe we could start at the beginning and tell us what it's like, what it was like to grow up in Iceland and what you were into as a kid. Oh, so Iceland, uh, it's always cold there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was a great, so I actually, uh, my first four years were here in the United States. Oh, no way. In Oklahoma. So my dad was studying and uh, all my family lived here for around eight years, but I'm the youngest, so I okay. moved here when I was two weeks year old. And uh, Wow, yeah. how many siblings do you have? I have four. Wow. So three sisters, family. yeah, three sisters, one brother. Okay, and mm-hmm. you're the youngest? I'm the youngest, I'm the princess. Ah, <laughs> I see how it works. Okay, very cool. And then you were here for four years, and then you moved to Iceland? To Iceland, yeah, okay. and I've lived in the same place in Iceland since, yeah, since I moved there. And uh, it's a really small town. It's really close to the airport. Okay. And uh, the population is around 14,000 people, wow. which is a lot for Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, the population in Iceland is only 320,000. So <laughs> it's a good percentage. Yeah, there. it's a good percentage <laughs> there. Good and uh, yeah, it's uh, I didn't have many hobbies when I was younger, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I was always with my brother and we pl- like Iceland is so small that you can just do whatever mm-hmm. like here in the states you always have to be aware of what you're doing like mm-hmm. if I would have kids here I would look after them so much like <laughs> I would always be a bit afraid yeah but in Iceland in, in my small town we could pretty much just do anything so it's pretty safe yeah it's pretty safe and um, played a lot of games outside and and yeah I tried every sport when I was younger didn't like any. Didn't like any sports. <laughs> no. Were you very like competitive as a kid? Uh, yes. Like, if I was into something, I was competitive. Mm-hmm. If I didn't care, I then I wasn't competitive at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to be the best in everything, but like, if I found something that I had interest in, yeah, then I had to then be the you best. Really yeah, to be yeah. Best. What were some of those things that you liked to do when you were little? I. I really like to draw when I was little, but oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, but I don't do it anymore. <laughs> I don't do it anymore. Uh, I actually played uh, piano oh. for five years. Wow! And uh, I was really into music before okay. I started CrossFit. So played piano. I played drums. No way! <laughs> and uh, yeah, so do you still do any of that now? No, no. I lost everything. <laughs> I I was just all in in CrossFit, so yeah. I stopped everything else. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, very interesting. So at what point then did you start getting into working out? or? So I was always with my friends, and uh, my I had one best friend that I was always hanging out with, yeah. and she met a guy, started being a lot with him, so yeah. I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> so my dad was like, why don't you try spinning class with me? Ah. And I was like, oh, gosh, I hate training. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll try it. I need to lose weight if I want to have a boyfriend, so... <laughs> Why not? And, and how old are you at this point? I'm 17 years okay. old. Yeah. So 
I tried uh, spinning class, hated it. So I saw, saw this boot camp seminar mm-hmm. and tried that. I was the only girl who could do push-ups on her on her toes, no and I was like, wow, I'm pretty strong for a girl. And yeah. you had never even trained before. No, no, no. Like, it was I, just natural for you. Yeah, I just, I trained in, uh, or I tried every sport. I stayed for the longest in swimming. Okay. So my uncle is, uh, or my cousin, uh, he's a really, really good swimmer. He was really close to making it to the Olympics 2016. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so... Like, my family's pretty athletic, but I just didn't have any interest in doing okay. anything. I could never do anything by myself when I was little. Okay. I always had to have my best friends doing something yeah, with me. Yeah, it was more social. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and then it just started from there in boot camp. And then all of a sudden I had this competitive side. I was like, oh, that girl can do that. So I'm going to have to, like, that girl can run faster than me. I have to improve my running. And, ah. and um, then it was always pretty overweight, so... I decided that I would compete in like a figure fitness, okay, uh, which I did not like. But at least I lost a lot of weight and and I got like the what do you say the uh, I would I wouldn't say it was like mental, but you have to have so much discipline mm-hmm. to do the figure fitness. Oh, like yeah. I the had nutrition to and yeah the, the nutrition and everything. So I think I got my discipline there. Okay. Like, if I can do it with food, I can do it with anything. Right. <laughs> and, Just uh, having that goal to, yeah. to achieve. And I I can't remember how many times I wanted to give up, but I never did. And after that competition, I was like, wow, I can do anything right now. Wow, <laughs> that's so cool. And there was a girl that was competing with me there that uh, told me about this CrossFit competition. And I was like, what's that CrossFit yeah. thing? And uh, so she's like, do you want to compete in a team? And I'm like, oh, why not? And then I saw there was an individual category too, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just compete at the individual also." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, ended up being in, I think, second place. Wow. So yeah. this is a competition in Iceland. Yeah, and, that's and you hadn't even been training. CrossFit no, no, at I was all. just in a global gym, and and then something called CrossFit and wow. a competition. I was like, "Oh, I can just YouTube the workouts <laughs> and try them." I'll just figure it out. Yeah, I'll yeah. just figure it out. And uh, yeah, so I did that, and. Uh, at that competition, there was a guy that... So, in my small town, there wasn't a CrossFit gym. Okay. So, that's why I was just in a global gym. Yeah. And there was a guy uh, at that competition, which was in the capital, which is around 50 minutes from where I live. Okay. And he's like, you should come here, train once a week with us, and, mm-hmm. and try this CrossFit. There's this competition called Open, mm-hmm. and you have to do it <laughs> every Wednesday at 5. Or I yeah. don't remember what he said, and I was like, what's the do- that Open thing? And he's like... I can't explain, just come here, do this workout that I'm going to tell you to do at 5 o'clock on Wednesdays. And I was like, okay, okay, sounds good. (laughs) And uh, Had you done any weightlifting or barbell stuff? No, no, no. Before this? Not at all? Not at all. And that was 2012, so the first workout was burpees, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty good at these burpees. And then the next workout was snatching, and I was like, snatch is probably just ground to overhead, but you can't touch your shoulders. (laughs) So... I did that in a global gym with, uh, I think it was 125. It was the, I think it was the third weight. And it was like 40 snatches, 30 snatches, 20 snatches or something like that. And it was the third weight. And uh, so I, I muscled it up Mm -hmm. and I couldn't drop in a global gym and I fell with the bar and I broke my wrist. Oh no. (laughs) Yes. I had to wait. Great first experience. I know. It was like, oh, this is like, I shouldn't do this CrossFit thing. And. And uh, 
But amazing, you were snatching 125. I know. It was just with a narrow grip and like just ripping it up. Like, wow. If only I had a video of that. Right. Like, I can't even imagine. Like, it took me, I think, over (laughs) a year to be able to snatch 125. And it was just power snatching. Like, I had no idea what squat snatches were or anything. So I stopped for a whole year in CrossFit and started again January 2013. And that's where I just went to Olympic uh, seminar, Olympic weightlifting mm-hmm. seminar. And and then I just like started from scratch, which okay. I ha- should have done before <laughs> doing the <laughs> open for the first time. And uh, made it to regionals, was so happy about that. But the second workout in 2013, I got um, no rep on my, or no, I always failed the third over at squat. So I started too heavy. So I did the first workout, which was Jackie or something, and it was in sixth place. I was like, wow, this is going really well. And then I just started too heavy, just lack of experience of competing. Because you had three attempts or three attempts? I I think you got as many attempts in seven minutes, but Mm -hmm. you couldn't go lower in the weight. So if you chose a weight, you had to to go higher or make that weight. Okay. And, uh, and I remember I always got two. I probably did like six sets of two reps over Scott, but always failed the third one. Oh. And uh, I was like, oh, this is okay. You'll just be in last place. This competition is just for experience. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you're disqualified for the competition. <gasps> no. I was like, no. So you didn't even get to finish that No. One. So oh. I was in Denmark, but not competing. <laughs> oh, man. And I was so mess. And uh, I decided there that I should get a coach and try to compete as much as I can because like I could just feel how stressed I was and I didn't have any experience of Mm -hmm. how to compete or how my like how my mind is when I'm competing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like you're such a different person when you're competing and when you're just doing a workout in your Mm -hmm. gym yeah so that's what I did made it to 2014 had never done legless rope climbs or anything (laughs) no gymnastic at all and that's where (laughs) It was like mostly gymnastic. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember that, that year. It was yeah. a lot of gymnastics. Yeah, like the handstand walks. I think I did. I don't even remember. Like, I didn't even finish the first line. Okay. I think I just fell down. It was yeah, so bad. Without any, like, without any much athletic experience, but no gymnastics yeah, experience. Yeah, no gymnastics. That's a lot of ground to make up. Yeah. Yeah. And I just got so mad in 14. I was like, okay, 15 is going to be my year. And, uh, yeah, I just worked so hard. And and everything came to place in 2015. And you, at this point, are you still living in your same hometown or your small town? Yes. And did you have a place to train there? Or at what point did you? So I always drove to Reykjavik for like 40 minutes, two times a week. Or I just trained in the global gym and did CrossFit there. Okay. And we didn't even have pull-up bars or anything. So gymnastics were always really hard to yeah. approach for me. That's amazing. So, yeah, so I bought rings and my dad hung them up in the garage so I could get my first ring muscle up. Wow. And um, it was kind of a struggle until September 2013. Yes, 2013. That's when I opened a okay. box in my town. Okay. So finally I could train as much as I wanted. Wow. Yeah. That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah. It's And up until that point you were training, where were you training at in Reykjavik? Uh, it it was called, it's it's not a box anymore. It, I started in, uh, it's called CrossFit Stuyden. That's where Katrin trained for the first time okay. also. And, uh, and then I did a level one and started 
coaching in a box called CrossFit Kraftur, okay. which is like CrossFit Power. And uh, it's closed now. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. And then you have your own box. And now I have my own box. And, and you can train whenever you want. Yes. But you also have a box that you're responsible for. Yeah, so that's yeah, like yeah. A I, different. Yeah. I actually stopped managing it now after I moved here to the States. Okay. So I decided that. Because it's taking a lot of toll out of you when yeah. you, I had like, we started with 50 members and went up to 250 and, wow. and people are always, because like it's my box, so all, people always look to talk to you. Right. And so sometimes when I was training, people would come and talk to me for like half an hour or something. So I lost all the intensity yeah. and, and it was, it was ca- getting kind of hard. It's tough to balance. That. Yeah, it's yeah. tough to balance. I can't even imagine what CrossFit is like in Iceland. With, <laughs> like, I mean, first of all, just having so many amazing competitors yeah. coming from such a small country. Yeah. But that does that. Do you think that generates a lot more excitement and interest for people? Obviously, yeah. Just general members joining the box and getting excited about doing it. Yeah, I think it. It's also like, I mean, did you watch the soccer last summer? I heard about okay, it. You I heard saw about there it. was a lot of excitement. It yeah. just it shows how much. Icelanders stand together yeah it's like a small family like because we're such a small country so it's like in CrossFit like we are three girls that are or four girls that are really good yeah and Björgen also really really good and people just show you so much like support Mm -hmm. like if you're good in something and you're from Iceland that's like really cool because the population is only 320 and having like five really good people is just amazing amazing. yeah do you think do you know of any other sport where it's like that, where there's such a small such population? A, uh, or no, I mean like from Iceland, where there's oh. so many great competitors that are just dominating at yeah. the world level. I don't know. I don't think so. so to be honest, yeah, it's I, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what is your relationship like with the other, like Katrin and Annie? Because obviously they had started and been to the games, and yeah. Annie had won before you had even started CrossFit. Mm-hmm. So what was it like? for you as someone who's just starting out and seeing them and then being on their level? Uh, I think they were pretty surprised. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I started and uh, when, when Katrin made it for the first time to the games, I had just broken my wrist and like, I didn't think, I don't think they ever expected me to even make it to regionals or anything, but uh, I don't know. I just watched them and I saw if they can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. I just need to work a little bit harder because I don't have that background and I think that just pushed me. I I wanted to show people that I could do it without having any gymnastic backgrounds or, or yeah, just come from, just make my background. Yeah. Now. (laughs) It's so, I mean, it's so impressive to see because you, you look at other athletes that have so much like 10, 15 years of experience Mm -hmm. doing another sport or gymnastics obviously is especially popular among the women athletes Mm -hmm. at preparing them to be successful in CrossFit, but just to be able to start at such a late age and be able to be so dominant. Yeah. It's really impressive. It was a lot of hard work. Yeah. (laughs) I'll admit that. But um, my dad is really, really competitive also. And so we have the, (laughs) it's a strange story, but we have a hot tub at home Uh and I would always take a jump rope outside with me in the hot tub uh-huh. and I would always like finish I couldn't go out of the hot tub without finishing 500 double unders <laughs> and I was just in my bikini in snow and like doing double unders and I did not want to fail because it hurt so yeah. much to get it onto my skin and like 
like I always made up so many things just by doing like like if I was studying I would do 15 seconds of handstand hold against the wall or uh-huh. something like that like just make something up so I could get a little bit extra training in wow. while doing something else like use every minute of my day to get better that's so amazing <laughs> yeah and were you always kind of like that doing extra stuff or were you I know you had different coaches along the way but were mm-hmm. you always trying to just I mean pack extra stuff in or or how did how did that relationship work I guess so I got I was just doing an online programming from the training plan when I started okay and then I would just write all of my weaknesses down mm-hmm. and I would try to finish some like if like this road climbs were on, was on my list and it wasn't programmed I would maybe do 10 on Saturday mm-hmm. after my sessions or okay. something like that like I would try to finish all my weaknesses before the week ends mm-hmm. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. to make sure you get all of them yeah done. to make sure that I got all done and because I'm like that if I don't do it every week I get so insecure mm-hmm. when I have to do it I'm like oh my gosh I haven't done like lesson mm-hmm. in f- in five weeks and now I have to do 10 huh yeah. like you get so insecure you you right. start to doubt yourself and I I hate that <laughs> right so regular exposure yes and cool that you did that on your own like it wasn't in your programming, but you knew. Yeah. These are my weaknesses, mm-hmm. and I need to go the extra mile to yeah. focus on those. Yeah, I people mean, people don't enjoy doing their weaknesses. No, no. <laughs> I mean, but the feeling afterwards is such a reward. Like, yeah. wow, I just finished. I remember when in 2015, when the handstand walk was released, mm-hmm. I did it every day for time. It, I think it was like 300 feet or yeah. something. I did it every day for time because I wanted to show everybody because I knew that everybody would doubt me in that one because of the year before. And I was like, I'm going to show everybody that I can do this and I can finish this under the time cap. That's awesome. And it was so hard every day. Like when I woke up, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have the handstand again (laughs) today. But then in the competition, I was like, "Okay, you finished this a couple of times in training. You can do it now. Yeah. Give yourself that confidence. Yeah, training. Exactly. That's so true. So then you came 2015 was kind of your big almost like breakout mm-hmm. year in CrossFit. Yeah. What do you think was the difference? I think it was year? just, I think most people, when they start CrossFit, they start getting better after two years. Mm-hmm. Then you start to recognize your body more. Mm-hmm. You start figuring out how to pace. You start knowing more of your weaknesses and you start to work more towards them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was just that for me. And, uh, I was just so mad after regionals 2014 because I knew I was in a really good shape, but not just a gymnastic shape. Yeah. And uh, so it was motivating for you. Yeah, it was so motivating because I really wanted to prove myself that I belonged at the games. Mm-hmm. Like I was not going to be the girl that never made it to the games. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really cool. So, and even that year, you came out. I think you did a few other competitions leading up to regionals. Mm-hmm. And people already had their eye on you, like, this girl is going to win the games. And yeah. you hadn't even made it to the games yet. Yeah. And then you went on and you placed first at regionals, mm-hmm. correct? So you placed above Katrin and Annie and all these other girls. What was that like? What did you feel like after regionals? Like, after regionals, I, I had like a, I don't know what it's called, but it was like I made my goal in life. <laughs> that was to make yeah. it to the games. So and yeah. then I was like oh gosh, I need to keep on going. Like, what do I do now? (laughs) Like, it was so hard, but I got like a, I don't know how you say it, but like a hill down 
for like two weeks or okay. something. It was so hard to get motivated and train and and then I just realized like okay these are my first CrossFit games. Yeah. Stop putting pressure on you. Just go in there, like do your best in everything. Mm-hmm. Don't think about the others. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did and and with a little mess up in the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which well, I learned from like right. people often think like like, oh how how did you feel after twenty fifteen? I was like Oh, that's a great experience for me. I, yeah. I mean, first this was games, not, yeah, on the podium, yeah. And second, like, it doesn't get much better. No, than it that. doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> it's so, awesome. how do you, how do you, with all that pressure, even before you'd mm-hmm. been to the games and people saying, "Oh, she's going to win the games," how do you block that out? Or, like you said, how do you just focus on what it, you're doing? Uh, it's really hard. It's just like when you're competing you just go into the zone Mm -hmm. and you don't think about anything else than the workouts Mm -hmm. and i mean it's not my problem if people get disappointed in me Mm -hmm. if i do my very best in everything i'm happy yeah if i mess up okay that's not good i have to learn from it Mm -hmm. instead of dragging myself down and that's pretty much what i did after 2015 Mm -hmm. i was for the whole year I was always thinking about the last workout and how I messed everything up and Mm -hmm. how typical that was instead of like okay Sarah learn from this like what was it that caused you to have a mental breakdown yeah like so and what do you think so then after 2015 what do you think it was or like looking back and reflecting on that what did you learn from that experience or maybe first can you just tell Mm -hmm. us maybe people who haven't seen Seen you do that workout what what happened um, in that last workout and then reflecting on it, what do you think you learned from it? Uh, so when I think about th- about it now, I mean, it's been two years and I think the mind always exact, how do you say it? Exaggerates. Ex- yes. Yeah. Exaggerates. Yeah. Exaggerates. Yeah. Uh, like the memory of it, but my memory is, I remember <laughs> like you always have to pee when you're competing <laughs> and you're so stressed. And you're I remember so peeing. Yeah. And I remember peeing and my legs were like shaking, shaking. like this. And I was like, wow, Sarah, stop <laughs> shaking. And uh, and then we went out to the floor and I was just so stressed. I don't know why I was so stressed. I, maybe people got to me like putting pressure on me or something or I was just t- putting too much pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw the workout, I saw the pack board and I was like, I've never seen that thing in my entire life, but yeah. I love parallettes. So the next workout is really good for me. Yeah. And then it just went too hard in the parallettes and started failing a lot uh we got like three sets of pins and i remember going halfway up and my last set of pins got stuck and i was like okay you cannot let go you cannot let go Mm -hmm. because then you can't try it again so i was like trying to push from the wall but i couldn't and then all of a sudden the peg got loose and hit my head so i got a hole in my head and it was like just my luck I'm, yeah. I'm a really clumsy person <laughs> in too. real life i'm me so too. clumsy I'm always spilling things yes <laughs> me too dropping things forgetting things yes. i'm so clumsy and uh and after that happened i was like oh this is typical you sarah <laughs> like you're messing the last workout up at the crossfit games you you could have been the rookie who won the games uh-huh. but of course you messed it up now like your head hurts you can't do parallel hamster push-ups because i failed my first parallel hamster uh-huh. push-up i just uh, all the negative thoughts started just going Creeping. through my head, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, I let them take over, mm-hmm. and uh, instead of trying to stop them and keep on going, and started looking around and seeing everybody else, and that even broke me more down. Yeah, <laughs> and 
yeah, I just, I knew I had messed it up or I just decided that I would have messed it up and made it even worse for myself. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like, like you said, but learning from those experiences, yeah. I've had, I've had experiences like that in competition too. Like my one I'm thinking about now is it was in 2011 and there was front squats that were 155. And for me at that time, it was so, so heavy. heavy. Like yeah. I think we had to do seven and I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I don't think I've done that for like a set of five. And it yeah. was just, as soon as I heard the workout, it was instant negative. Like mm -hmm. you're never yeah, going to be able to do seven. You you're going to have yes. to do multiple sets. And as soon as that, I remember thinking that even like driving to the venue and just being, you just feel unsettled yes. and like you don't know how to calm your mind no, down and exactly. get back into the right mindset. Yeah. And you just overthink everything mm -hmm. and you start to think of the results instead of how you're going to approach it. Mm -hmm. And, that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. But I mean, at least we learn from it. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Mm -hmm. Um, so then 2015, you kind of process all of that, yes. that had happened. Now, do you have, can we talk about some good memories too? Yes. Can you yes, tell yes. me about like, I don't know if you remember any from 2015, but any like really workouts that you just felt amazing on, or did you feel like you were really oh, yes. in the moment? In I the remember, uh, it was the best experience or best feeling in the world was finishing the swim event yeah. and then going to the tennis stadium. And I remember like standing in the stairs and like heard my name and I was like, wow, this isn't a dream anymore. I am here. <laughs> and it was before the sandbag event and like uh, it was just an amazing feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, so and cool. of course, Heavy DT was my all time favorite memory. Yeah. I was just in my zone the whole time and everything just went to plan. And I remember finishing Friday Night Lights and going to Pyology Pizza and <laughs> being so happy. <laughs> I was like, oh, I won a games workout. That's so cool. I deserve so pizza cool. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So then what was, what was it like going into training for the next season then after that first games experience? Now you're an experienced competitor. You've yeah. had... It was actually harder, to be honest. Yeah. It was so much harder because I really lived in that moment of failing. Mm. Instead of thinking about the positive things from the games, I tried to use all the negatives, like mm. all my mistakes. I was like, oh, when I was doing a workout at, at my gym, I was like, oh, if you fail that, that's just like what you did at the games. Uh. And then I would maybe fail it in training and then my whole day was ruined because I was so mad at myself. Mm -hmm. And... uh I kind of, I never looked at the positive side of the games 2015 because I always felt that I failed hmm. instead of I reached, or I mean, I was in third place third my first place, year. Yeah. yeah, but I felt that I failed because I was in first place before I was in third. Right. So, and uh, that's It is interesting. It's hard. It's like to think about being in first place the mm -hmm. whole weekend and then dropping down versus slowly climbing your way up yes yeah and you can end up in the same place but how you get there how can completely get, yeah. change your reaction it's to it it's so yeah it's so true it's, yeah it, it's so hard like the mental side of the crossfit games is the hardest thing absolutely <laughs> the absolutely. workouts are easy <laughs> compared to the mental side yes. <laughs> yes so what have you what have you done to try to develop that mental side and the mental approach because it seems like you have really great awareness mm -hmm. now of yeah. like what happened and how to shift your mindset. I, I read a lot of, like I read one book that tell, told me like, 
like learn from experience from the best Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so like i started like looking at more of the other athletes like not crossfit athletes but like michael phelps okay like i read the ritz Froning book before the games like just seeing that other amazing athletes are also human beings Mm -hmm. you you often forget that so true like before i came here and before i met ritz he was just uh he was my idol yeah (laughs) like a guy that can win the games four times like that mental toughness is just unreal and seeing how he approaches things like reading his book is so awesome because now I've met everybody Mm -hmm. that are in the book like he told me like or he says in the book like CrossFit is just hard work Mm -hmm. like you just have to work and my dad is a hard worker so I like to work hard too so I was like you can relate to that I can relate to that and then I see his dad here and he's always working I was like (laughs) I know what you mean now. <laughs> I can speak your language. I can speak yeah. your language now, yeah. But, like, it's um, just seeing how other athletes approach things mm-hmm. helps you or gives you an idea how you can approach. Either you relate to it or you don't. Yeah. So I tried reading a lot of books of other athletes and watching some YouTube videos mm-hmm. and <laughs> just learning from everybody. It's so true. I think, too... Like like you said, spending time here with mm-hmm. other athletes and realizing that they are human and they all go through the yes, same things. Yes, exactly. That was such an eye-opening experience for me, too, once I had the opportunity to mm-hmm. start to train a few times with different games athletes yes. and you're out of the competition environment and you really see that people have insecurities just like exactly. you and they have bad days yes. and we're all going through the same things and it's kind of the similar to what you said. If they can do it, I can do it, I too. Can do it. Yeah. It gives you some confidence. Mm-hmm. And I remember like or I remember it's just it's fun to see like you have a terrible training day and you think that you're the only one that experienced that stuff (laughs) and then like when Tia and Katrin and Camille were here you were here seeing everybody how they approach training if they fail a lift they fail a lift like when I fail a lift in the beginning I was like crying because (laughs) I I felt that I was not strong anymore like come on Sarah you're a human being like (laughs) It's just fun to see that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Were there anything? Were there any other things that you learned from maybe that weekend that was just a month or two ago that when there were so many top female athletes here from training together, watching their approach? I mean, it was it was a like a a weird atmosphere here. Yeah. Can't admit that, but. I mean, we all just have our different approaches Mm -hmm. and it's, I mean, it's amazing to see how they approach things and how different, like me and Tia, I would say we have like the similar approaching. We don't plan our workouts the day before we come in and we have like this stuff in our head and we're Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is what I need to finish today. Then I can add this Mm -hmm. also to it. And I really like that kind of stuff. Like Katrin has everything written down before she comes into the gym and mm-hmm. and does that that that's not good for me because if i have something written down and i'm going to sleep the day before i start stressing about <laughs> yeah. it i'm like oh my gosh maybe tomorrow i i will fail in that one or like oh gosh this is going to be so hard instead yeah. of just seeing the workout okay i need to approach it like this 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 and doing it you don't have too much time to think yeah, yeah. exactly i've tried both ways and this way is better for me better now for you. yeah so when you um 
because we can talk about it now you have had this sort of transition mm-hmm. where you had coaches for a couple years uh yeah i had a coach for one year from january 2016 or we started working a little bit together before the games 2015 but okay. i was still using programming from uh the training, training plan, plan and he was just assisting me okay for the games and sometimes we changed the workouts yeah. and everything but we started working like individually together around January and uh and I mean he helped me a lot but mm-hmm. I just felt that he couldn't help me more okay so okay uh, to be honest I just I have a really hard time f- letting people control me yeah I know myself the best and I know how I should approach things and that's mm-hmm. what's worked for me since I started CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Like it's good to have a basic program for lifting and everything so mm-hmm. you're doing like different cycles and it depends on like where you are in your training season but mm-hmm. like CrossFit is just so like variated. Yes. Did I say it right? Varied, yeah. Varied, and, un- yeah. and unexpected. Yeah, you and never unexpected. Know. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, like you can't overthink mm-hmm. so many things in CrossFit. And I feel that some coaches start to overthink all the small things mm-hmm. that then leads to you being insecure because mm-hmm. you start to overthink things instead of just approaching them. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's a kind of hard thing to explain, but... I felt like I knew myself the best and and if I feel that somebody's trying to control me too much or trying to hold me back, which mm-hmm. sometimes is a good thing, mm-hmm. I just feel insecure and I want to approach it in my way so mm-hmm. I'll be more secure at mm-hmm. the games instead so of relying on somebody else. Yeah, so you feel comfortable with how you're going to approach it and yeah. then you have obviously you have like no one else can have that same experience of doing the workouts and knowing exactly. how your body feels yeah. and what works for you yeah and i just felt like at the games and everything i just want to do it my way because my way is going to make me most secure mm-hmm. instead of hearing somebody's other side and trying to make somebody else proud i want to do it my way and make myself proud mm-hmm. does that make sense it does <laughs> okay, okay it does what else do you think you're looking for when you decided okay I want to move on and maybe work with someone else or do something different what what do you think you're looking for in a coach or a training environment uh so I've always trained by myself since I started CrossFit and I just had enough of that Mm-hmm. And it's so hard. Yeah, it's so it's mental. So hard. Amaz- I mean, it's amazing that you did that for so long. Because yeah, I've there's been a year here and there that I've trained by myself a lot, but it's so, so much harder. So much harder. And I remember just waking up in the morning. and I was like, okay, it's nine o'clock, and I'm gonna be here until nine tonight. Yeah. Also, and it's like I was so mentally drained. Like there was nobody to push me, nobody to like make me start a workout. Like. If you're training with somebody, it's like, oh, my gosh, she's getting ready. I have to start getting ready, too. You can just drag everything for as long as you want. And, like, all the intensity can, like, get a little bit lost. Mm -hmm. And and there's nobody to push you. And it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Like, I remember just, like, waking up and, like, oh, I don't want to do CrossFit today. Uh, So when you woke up and you had moments like that, what would motivate you or what would keep you going? Just thinking about, like, all the other girls are training. Are you really not going to train? Like, Mm -hmm. It's not an excuse to not wanting to do something. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have a <laughs> yeah. a real excuse if yeah. you don't want to train. 
and uh, and that would be injury or something. <laughs> right, right. But so we also we skipped 2016. So then oh, you yeah. went into 2016. <laughs> yes, you have your coaches mm-hmm. um, that you'd been working with since January. Yes, you were motivated a lot. At what point did you start? Were you always having that sort of negative? You talk yes. about having that negative talk and like focusing on that last I workout was, so much. Yeah, I was always self in self-doubt. Okay. Always when I did a workout, I was like, this wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. You suck at CrossFit. Why are you even doing CrossFit? You're so oh. bad at it. I was so... So mean to yourself. I was so mean to myself. And like, if somebody else would say that to me, I would <laughs> cry so much because I would get so hurt. Yeah. And then thinking that, I'm always saying these things to me just made me realize how crazy I was getting and all for one competition. I was like, this is not worth it. Like this is your mental side. And and at what point did that happen? Did you start to realize? It was, uh, I think it was, it was after the games. So I I tried to take some time off after 2016 games Mm -hmm. and, and I just realized like what, why I heard Matt Fraser actually say this in an interview. Uh, we did a Nike uh, Q&A straight uh-huh. after the games, and people were like, what did you change from the last year and this year? And mm. he's like, I started enjoying it again. Mm. And I was like, oh, what does he mean by that? And then he explained it to me. He was like, I was only, in 2015, I was only thinking about winning the games. Mm. In 2016, I was only thinking about, like, why I started CrossFit, Mm -hmm. why I got into this, why I love it. And that's what kept me motivated. Like you're doing this because you love feeling the pain and like getting so tired afterwards that you can barely walk to the car. Like (laughs) that's why I love CrossFit. Like I remember when I started CrossFit, I was like, oh nice, I can eat more now because this (laughs) is so hard. So that was my motivation. Like I would always reward myself by eating. And, uh, like everything just got so serious after 2015 that yeah. I that I stopped enjoying myself and I remember coming to the games and I was like oh I can't wait until this is over mm-hmm. and like I made made it to the CrossFit games for the second year and I couldn't wait until it was over and I was like this is just not the right mindset yeah so I realized there that I had to change a lot of things okay straight after 2016 okay which I've been working on a lot and I'm like even my mom she she was asking me at the games 2016 like where's my sarah this isn't you uh, i haven't seen you smile one time oh and no. and you're always smiling where are you i'm like <laughs> stop mom <laughs> <laughs> but it was true like i wasn't myself in 2016 and and uh i've been working a lot on my mental side that's good so you did you take some time off I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Hawaii and uh, oh. met Aaron that owns CrossFit Poipu. So, okay. I mean, I only did fun training and yeah, I did yeah. a lot of surfing. And so it was, uh, I took time off from serious CrossFit. Okay. <laughs> like no pressure. No, no pressure. Yeah, yeah. Just, just the fun stuff. That's nice. Yeah. And then when you went back home, you knew something had to change. So yeah. where did you start from there? Um, so I stopped working with my coach and, um, then I went to the States and did the invitationals. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I made it to a Dubai competition. Mm-hmm. And I had been working a lot on my mental side from like September until the Dubai, which was in December. Mm-hmm. And when I competed there, finally I felt like, okay, 
Sarah's back. Okay. Like this You're is fun again. Yeah. Again. Okay. And uh, and that's when I realized like okay what have I been doing leading up to the Dubai? Mm -hmm. I trained with Sam a lot. I went to Spain to train with her. Uh, before Dubai, I trained with my best friend Carmen. I was like, okay, I need a better environment to train, so mm -hmm. this will be fun again. So I talked to Rich before the Games 2016. So he was in a room, like, uh, just across my room at the hotel, and mm -hmm. uh, I think he got locked out. <laughs> and I was walking to my room, and I was like, okay, this is my only chance to talk to him. I'm gonna <laughs> talk to him. <laughs> and so I talked to him, and he was like. And I said to him, if I if I win the CrossFit Games, can I please come and train in Mayhem for <laughs> one week or something? Yeah. It's been my dream since I started. And he's like, wow, wow. You're, you're always welcome here. Yeah. And just text me whenever you want to come. Uh -huh. So I had his number and, and I just decided on my way back from Dubai when I was on my flight, I was like, I need changes. So I was mm -hmm. like, I'll text him right now so I won't like, what do you say, postpone it or something. Yeah. And uh, so I texted him and he's like, oh, you're always welcome. Just come whenever you want, and yeah. we have a place for you to stay. And so when I came to Iceland, I uh, asked for a six-month visa because mm -hmm. we only we can only stay here for three months at a time, and then we have to go back to Iceland and come back. Okay. But if you have like a travel uh, travel visa, I think it's called, you can stay for six months, go back, and mm -hmm. and uh, so I got my visa in February, sixteenth mm -hmm. of February, and. Uh, don't think that I'm going back to Iceland yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just got, I I went to Atlanta to train with Travis Meyer a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, he's a Nike athlete and, uh, and a Mission 6 athlete. And I did the first open workout with him. And then I drove here and it was like the first day that I was training here. I was like, wow, this kind of feels like home. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it so much. I'm staying with the manager of the gym, Yvette, Mama Mayhem. And yeah. yeah, she's amazing. And her daughter just moved to New York. So she was like, you can, you're just in her place now. Oh. I was like, okay. <laughs> you have a mom. Yeah, take I, care have, of you. <laughs> I have an American mom. I have a great gym. It's just everything <laughs> fell into place when I came here. And, and I was supposed to move to California, but I don't know. I just didn't want to leave. <laughs> yeah, you just felt at home. Yeah, I just felt at home. I mean... Kukul is kind of like Iceland, but with better weather, to be honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing around here than to train. Uh -huh. Just what you need and with good weather. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And great yeah. people. Yeah, and it great works. people. And it's just awesome. Yeah. So what else do you think about being here has mm -hmm. had a positive impact on your mindset or your training? I started to enjoying to come mm -hmm. to train again mm -hmm. like in Iceland I was waking up and dreading to go to the gym so, so sometimes it would take me like one and a half hour to get ready mm -hmm. like which should just take me half an hour mm -hmm. <laughs> but here it's like oh yay I'm like waking up and feeling excited Exciting. I don't know what I'm gonna do with the day mm -hmm. like what training we're gonna do and uh, and it's just and I know it's always gonna be hard and it's always gonna be fun mm -hmm. like you're not the only one that's feeling the pain like you see somebody else do the same workout as you, and that pushes you so much. Yeah. You're like, oh, if, if they can do it, I can also do it. And that's what I needed in Iceland. I was always alone and feeling sorry for myself. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, my workouts are just so hard. They're yeah. not possible. And then, <laughs> like, if I would think like that here, and then I would see somebody else do it, and I'm like, okay, this is possible. <laughs> yeah. I have to go faster. They're doing it. Yeah, they're doing it. So how do you approach the training day here do you come in do you do everything that the team does no, or do not you do your own yeah so i have like 
I mean, when I, I've been in CrossFit for around four years now, and I pretty much know what I need to work on. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Mondays are my squat days mm-hmm. and snatch days. And it depends on what CrossFit thing they are doing, if I join them or if I don't. If they're doing a one-hour team training session, I'm, I might not do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just depends on what they're doing. If they're doing an individual workout, of course, I'll join them in that and, yeah. and like... Rich pushes me and Dre also, which is competing in uh, at regionals, mm-hmm. Angelo. Like, it's just so much fun to do a workout with other people. Sometimes when they do a team workout, I just change it into an individual workout, mm-hmm. which can be quite hard also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, but it's, yeah, every day is different. Okay. So do you have certain, like you said, you do squat and snatch yeah, on Mondays, but do you have like certain things or how do you plan out when you get to the gym to I make ha- sure that you get everything you need to do in a week? Yeah, I have everything like written down. Like, okay, Mondays are are like the weightlifting and, and squats. I have them like Wednesdays I would come in and I have to do a heavy deadlift and then I have to do like six sets of six of mm-hmm. deadlifts and Tuesdays that's power snatches and and squat cleans Mm -hmm. Saturdays are heavy squat clean and jerks and like I have it all written down like what I need to accomplish weightlifting wise and and squat wise and uh but the gymnastic it depends on what I've done like if I would do pegboard on Monday Mm -hmm. and uh I wouldn't add that as an accessory on Friday but if I wouldn't have done pegboard on Mondays I would add that that as an accessory on Friday or Saturday like I have all the things written down that I need to accomplish every week Mm -hmm. and on Wednesday I can kind of see like what I have left and what I need to add I like it yeah I like it it's a different thing do you take regular rest days or how do you yes so I take half days on Thursdays okay and then I get a massage in the afternoon it's like a cozy day and uh (laughs) Uh, on Sundays, sometimes I do active recovery and sometimes I rest completely. Okay. It just depends on how my body feels. Yeah. I, I try to listen to my body. This can be pretty hard sometimes. Yeah. But I try to take Sundays a little bit easier. Like recovery that. or rest completely. Depends like on the weather too. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a typical daily schedule then for the regular, regular your regular work day? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm here from like... 8, 8.30 to around 6, 7-ish. And okay. then I just go home, cook, food prep. Mm-hmm. And then the day starts again. Wow. <laughs> and do you take, s- like, you do a few workouts, take a break here? Yeah, it depends on, I mean, uh, I sometimes try to get something in before the team gets here. Okay. So I would do my thing until, like, 9.30, see what they're going to do. And if they're doing something that I can also join, Mm -hmm. I would do that with them. If they're doing something just team-wise, I would maybe put my lifting in there. Mm -hmm. And then it's often, like, we train from around 8 to 12.31-ish, two-hour break, 3 to around Mm 6. And then I have my garage gym now i saw yes Yvette is building out the garage yeah mama mayhem's gym that's <laughs> what we're calling it now that's very nice so, so do you sometimes do some more when you go home at night so i i've only had it for around a week now oh, okay i've trained three times in it it's better i like to get training in as soon as i wake up okay just to like Before start the day yeah and yeah. it's so nice to 
train without people having to look at you. So you can just take whatever clothes and yeah. <laughs> look terrible and train. Yeah. <laughs> just wait, get yourself yeah. moving and waking up. Yeah. I love it. And now I know you love food and we talked oh about this gosh. already, but what do you, what is your approach when it comes to food or nutrition? So I'm doing macros now. Okay. And uh, how long have you been doing that? I've been doing that since August, but uh, changing around a little bit. Okay. So I haven't quite found, so I started in August and it went really well until I came here. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden my stomach was hurting and I was always like really bloated and I, I was always hungry though I was eating mm -hmm. and it was, it was a weird feeling. I was like, what is happening? Am I, is it? Because I'm not drinking the isotonic water. <laughs> I was like, what is happening yeah, the to water me? Is yeah, <laughs> the water is everything secret. water. <laughs> no, so I talked to Jess that, that's here in Mayhem, Darren's mm -hmm. wife. She's a nutritionist, and we did, like, a hemoco test. Okay. And uh, so everything that I was eating, I was intolerant for. Oh. Yeah, so I had to change a lot now. I had to take all of dairy mm -hmm. out, all the whey protein, egg whites, is it different? Do you think the quality of food is probably much different in Iceland? I don't know. It might have also just been like your body reacts differently because of like I was traveling a lot and mm -hmm. I was a lot. There was a lot of stress, stress going on. A yeah. big transition. Yeah, big yeah. transition and like leaving your family, all your friends. And it was it was a hard decision to make. Yeah. And uh, I think my body just reacted to that. Yeah. And that's what made it like more. How do you say it? not delicate but like more yeah you're more susceptible to yeah. reacting that way yeah 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 and so once you removed those certain foods have you been i've been much better much yeah much better so everything's falling That's into good. place now very good mm -hmm. and so back to macros yes do you like doing that has it been good for your training it's been very good for my training i felt it at the games this year that i was like always just eating something and sometimes i had energy and sometimes i didn't mm -hmm. so i put it like before I started the macros, I started counting what I was eating and I was eating around 110 grams of fat, mm -hmm. which is <laughs> so much and only 200 grams of carbs <laughs> and then like 180 grams of protein. Yeah. So like now, off balance. yeah, now I'm like 60 grams fat, 375 grams carbs mm -hmm. and 185 protein. And that's just perfect. Good that's like you. a hard day of training, mm -hmm. but like taking out the fat and putting carbs instead is just a life changer good yeah very good and so do you still have your cheat days or your pizza or your ice cream or do you po po postpone that until oh, after the games until after regionals after actually. regionals so after the open i mean i had to reward myself i saw your amazing yeah. day after the <laughs> open <laughs> congratulations we, we by in. the way thank you, you thank did you. amazing winning the open that has to give you a lot of confidence for yeah this I, it's just the weird thing is that i that wasn't even my goal. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never been so relaxed in the open, and then all of a sudden everything falls into place. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, that oh. was fun. It's like Matt said, like, you're just enjoying yourself, yeah. and then it will happen. Exactly. And uh, so the girls, because I'm always talking about food, and they know yeah. how much I love food. They're like, Sarah, now you really have to, like, eat something that you love. And I was like, okay. After the open, we'll all eat, yeah. like, whatever we want for one day, for one evening. So we went up to Hillary's house, Hillary and Froning's house, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, before we went there, we bought everything <laughs> we could in Kroger that was unhealthy. Like, 
if we wanted barbecue chips, we bought them. If yeah. we wanted sour cream and onion chips, we bought them. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I want to make like a burger pizza because I couldn't choose from a burger or a pizza Same which one I wanted. Yeah. So uh. I just made one thing out of it. It was so good. And uh, I'm going to have that kind of day after regional after sauce. Regional, yeah. Too. But like my cheat day now is just, I don't have to count my macros okay. in the evening. And I can, like if I want, I can eat something that I want, but... It's like when you're focusing on a goal, you're yeah. not. You almost don't want to. Yeah, you almost you don't so want good. to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, if I feel tired and I need more energy, of course I'm gonna eat a, mm-hmm. a little bit more than I have to. Mm-hmm. But it's not gonna be pizza. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, it's so good to see you yes, in you such too. a good environment and yeah, such a good place. It's amazing. And do you have? Are you going into the season with any sort of goal or are you just focusing on really enjoying yourself i mean of course i have a goal of doing better than last year but my main goal is just enjoying myself and having fun with mm-hmm. everything and giving it my absolute best mm-hmm. not what i like not other people's opinion what is the best mm-hmm. so like yeah just focusing on myself instead mm-hmm. of thinking about others mm-hmm. That's Have you learned goal. anything else or being around Rich and around mm-hmm. this team here, is there anything else that you think you've learned from them about approaching training or competition or stay relaxed? Yeah. <laughs> That's what, like Rich he approaches workouts so like he's always so relaxed and so secure. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Like I go all in in the beginning and then I die. Yeah. <laughs> well he's like just breathing through his nose in the yeah. first five rounds, and then the last five rounds are like, bam, all yeah. out. It's just, you just see how he approaches things, and you try to relate to it, but you have to do your own thing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, You can learn from what other people do, mm-hmm. but you always have to find like the balance of what is good for you. What works for yeah. you, yeah. Like, what works for Ritz might not work for me, mm-hmm. but seeing all the team and, I mean, s- they all approach things so differently, mm-hmm. but you can always learn from each and one of them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So good to be around so many yeah, exactly. amazing athletes. Yeah. So true. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you're doing otherwise to support your training besides nutrition or recovery or anything else, me- mindset or mental game? Um... I mean, of course, working on the mental game mm-hmm. and like what I just started now was uh, trying to do. So I have such a hard time relaxing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. always want to be doing something yes. because when I relax, I feel like I'm just wasting my time doing nothing. Yes. I feel you on that uh, one. It's, <laughs> it's so, so hard. Yeah, it's so hard. I try, I've been trying to meditate and it's oh like. Oh my gosh, me too. Uh, I've been doing it for a couple of weeks and I still feel like. I spend like one minute meditating and 19 minutes thinking about all the things I have to do. <laughs> me too. Me too. I like, I tried the, there's an app on the phone. I don't remember what it was called. Headspace. Maybe? Headspace. Yes, yeah. I it did not. One. Yeah. It doesn't work for me because <laughs> when he says like, and just let all your thoughts go out. I'm like, then I start to think about all my thoughts. I'm like, they start go out, stop thinking about it. Stop thinking about it. Stop thinking about it. It doesn't work for me. But so my new thing to relax is, hot bath mm. every night with magnesium salt. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And I have to read 10 pages of a book. Okay. That's my 
that's my good. way to relax. That's very good. I yeah. find I find that I don't take them as often as I would like, but I find that helps me relax. A yeah, lot. it helps a lot, and it helps a lot with recovery mm-hmm. also. So I used to take an ice bath every night. Mm. That did not work for me because I was relaxing. so stressed out every time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that might work in the morning. Yeah, I've but done the cold shower in the morning. Yeah, that, that can help you wake cold up. Cold shower? Oh, I should start doing that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think <laughs> I don't you have know. enough yeah. stress going on. But yeah. Oh, that's good. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. So hot bath. Awesome. Read ten pages. Any particular book you're reading now? I'm I'm reading Ronda Rousey. Ooh. Yeah, I love that book. Very good. And uh, yeah, I have a few books that I'm that are on my list. On your list. Okay. What any ones that. Uh, the Barbarian Surfer. Mm, I don't know that. You one. know, okay. No. Uh, it's about a surfer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a pro surfer, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I have the Untethered Soul. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Very I don't have cool. anything on the list after that. Very cool. So I if you have it. any good book, you can tell me. Okay, I'll think about it. <laughs> I love though, like reading about other athletes. And yes, their it's so much fun. Like yeah. I love it. Because you can relate so mm-hmm. much to them. And other sports, too. Because yes. I think we get so focused on CrossFit. And it is nice to be able to try to learn mm-hmm. something from someone who's going through similar things, but yes. in a completely different sport. Exactly. So yeah. true. Okay. Well, I want to finish with three questions I ask everyone. Mm-hmm. So the first one is the three things you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health. Okay. So could you give me an example? Like Working out, like taking a hot bath at night, like eating okay. healthy, whatever, whatever you think makes you most healthy. Most healthy. Yeah. Okay, I would say, um, of course, eating healthy is. That's my biggest success. If I mm-hmm. don't eat anything unhealthy for a whole day, <laughs> <laughs> I always have to reward myself though with like one protein bar. Okay. So that's my reward for eating healthy <laughs> throughout okay. the day. <laughs> like a chocolate flavored one or something? Oh, yes. yes or cookie course. dough flavored. Oh, yeah. oh, so good. Yeah. And uh, I would say, of course, training. But sometimes you can train too much that it's not healthy anymore. Yeah. And I think CrossFitters are a little bit in that category yeah. instead of thinking like less can be more. Yeah. I think, too, competition is so different from regular Mm -hmm. CrossFit. And I don't think it is. Like, if we were aiming for ultimate health long term in our lives, it's probably not healthy the way that we are training for competition. Yeah, exactly. But you're working towards a different short-term goal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, One more thing. Wow, this is hard. I feel like I'm the only thing that I do is train and eat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can be more healthy than that. <laughs> do you sleep a lot? Oh, actually, I have a really hard time sleeping. Really? So mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say the hot baths, like trying to relax for one part of the day mm-hmm. has helped me the most right now. Okay. And that's helped you sleep a little better. Yeah. Too. Helped me sleep. Helped me like approach things more. Get gives me more discipline (laughs) very good yeah well that maybe works for my next question is usually one thing that you're working on or that you think would have an impact on your health but you have a hard time doing it yeah that's i have a really hard time making myself 
relax. Mm -hmm. So relax, the hot bath is, I'm always thinking like, maybe I should just do it every other day. And then I'm like, okay, if you do it every other day, it's going to end up being once a week. And then it's right. going to end up being once a month. And then you're just going to stop doing it. Right. Because you do have to plan for it and be like, you know, make sure you go to yeah, yeah. Go to bed early enough. And exactly. So it's like so. eating dinner, bath, eating a late night snack. Yeah. My reward. <laughs> then bed. Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perfect. Perfect night nighttime routine. Yeah. All right. My last question is, what does a healthy life look like to you? Uh, being happy. Mm -hmm. I think that's just what matters the most. Mm -hmm. Like, people often think that healthy is being skinny and looking good. It's so not true. Like, so many people look really good, but they're so unhappy. And mm -hmm. and uh, I think when you find the things that make you happy, then you're living a healthy life. And of course. I mean, you can't be, like, obese and be happy and, and be healthy. Like, there's a, some line between that. Sure. So I would say, like, looking at your health is, like, eating 80% healthy, mm -hmm. but giving you rewards sometimes, mm -hmm. like, enjoying living life. Yourself. Yeah, enjoying it yourself. It can't be all about restriction. No, or exactly, and discipline and yes. everything. Like, y you have to let go sometimes mm -hmm. because if you don't, you're just going to snap. So true. And, uh... And being around people that just make you happy. Mm -hmm. I think that's a healthy life. I love it. Yeah. What What are some things that bring you happiness? <sighs> Puppies. Puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs. Aww. I love animals. And, uh, yeah. I mean, food, being around people, just watching a movie and eating is just one of my favorite things with my friends. Yeah. That's just... If somebody would ask me, like, hey, do you want to go to this party or do you want to stay home and eat and, and watch Harry Potter? I would be like, sold. Harry yes. Potter. <laughs> yes. I'm with you on that <laughs> one. That's amazing. And your family, what what has it been like being away from your family and moving here? It's been hard because of the time difference. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So my rule before I moved, I was like, I have to talk to everybody at least three times a week yeah. and, like, call my mom and dad every day. Which has not gone well. It's hard, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard because, like, we're there, when they're in work, uh, I'm training. And when they're, like, eating dinner, I'm training again. Mm -hmm. When they're going to sleep, I'm finishing training. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's kind of hard to find, like, the, the, the right limit. Balance yeah, the that. balance there. But it's so cool to see you in such a good environment. And yeah, I mean... There, there are no distractions here mm -hmm. in Iceland. Like I felt bad if I hadn't visited my grandma mm -hmm. that week or mm -hmm. something. So I would maybe be like try to hurry up the training a little bit more to go visit her mm -hmm. instead of like here. There's nothing that's waiting for me. It's only training, mm -hmm. eating healthy, and resting. Mm -hmm. Like just these three things. Amazing. Such yeah. good focus. Yes so much positive energy so yeah exactly i'm super excited for you thank you I'm so much i'm excited to watch you this season and um glad to see you in such a good place now thank and you. smiling and happy yes <laughs> thank you so awesome. much thank you for sitting down with me yeah of course my pleasure <laughs> awesome Thanks so much for listening, guys. I love how Sarah took matters into her own hands this season when she realized she wasn't enjoying training anymore and knew she had to make a change. I can't imagine what it's like to move to a completely new country without your family, but I'm so glad that Sarah found a supportive and encouraging environment to train in. I think it speaks volumes to her commitment to doing everything she possibly can to optimize her performance as a CrossFit Games athlete. 
Have you ever made a change in your environment that had a positive impact on your motivation, happiness, and overall well-being? Let me know in the comments below this post on my website, juliefouché.com. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com, and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at juliefouché.com. I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouché.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. This episode is brought to you by Mobility Wad. Do you struggle to get into good positions in your training and workouts? Are your movement compensations causing you undue pain and grief? MWAD's belief is that every human being should be able to perform basic maintenance on themselves. For nearly 10 years, Mobility Wad has been the go-to for the world's best athletes and teams. Do you know what hundreds of Olympic and world-class athletes, professional teams in the NFL, MLB, basketball, hockey, rugby, and soccer, and dozens of universities all have in common? They use Mobility Wad to train and compete at their best. I first took Dr. Kelly Surratt's Movement and Mobility course in 2013, and since then have read his books and followed his videos for ideas on how to address my own movement restrictions. But sometimes having all this information can become overwhelming, which is why I think the real genius is in the MWOD subscription. As part of this subscription, you have access to not only hundreds of hours of video content that can be filtered based on your specific questions, but also a daily 10-minute Mobility WOD video. You just log in and follow Kelly's instructions as if he is there coaching you in person for 10 minutes per day. You may pick up certain exercises that you wish to incorporate on a regular basis before or after your workouts. But at the very least, by following this daily program, you know you are addressing a wide range of movement patterns and body parts on a regular basis without having to think about it. I often do these sessions first thing in the morning or before bed as a way to wind down from the day. In addition, you have access to an on-ramp sequence and a 14-day mobility challenge that helps you understand the basics and identify the areas you personally need to focus on. You can lean on the MWOD community and discussion boards to learn from others who have been through similar situations or injuries. And if you need more personalized help, you can use the MWOD list to find a like-minded practitioner in your area. It's easy to become part of the Mobility WOD community, but for being a Pursuing Health listener, you can receive 20% off an annual membership with code Julie Fouché. That's J-U-L-I-E-F-O-U-C-H-E-R. Just visit www.mobilitywad.com. Full potential, full power.